Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Sports. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up, yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, heater locker, though. Have you seen her? That's Heather Locker that smokes. Super, she's a little trashier, so she's like more gettable. Will Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrood Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fan. anything from the first hour of this fine radio program, you can go to the Les Schwab Tires podcast by typing in 1080thefan.com into that uh, little uh, part of the internet search thing where uh, you type in the web address thingies. It'll pull it right up, and then you just click away. You use your mouse and point and click and just find the podcast. It's right there. You can download the whole thing right after our show. Uh, but we are into hour two, and we are Heavy into football. And if you are a fancy rich guy and have the NFL network at home, I would suggest tuning in to see how horribly aged Steve Mariucci is. Not only can you get that, but you have, uh, for some reason, uh, eight field reporters, one in the home stadium of each team remaining in the playoffs, even though there's only four locations for the game. Yes. Well, we got somebody in Philadelphia standing by. It's like, well, they're not playing in Philadelphia. Yeah. No, there's nothing going on there. Yeah. Kansas City is uh, under a white blanket of snow and it's going to be awesome yeah. andrew luck yeah. and pat mahomes yeah. without the ability to throw the football yeah. that's what's going to make this game really <laughs> suck except for you got two guys with big arms that can go out there you think dude they- they're gonna be slipping like ah. seriously it is coming down and it is not relenting at this point yeah. it's 20 degrees right now in new england they play tomorrow against the chargers there uh, that, I believe, is the early game. Um, but you've also got uh, a dome game and then a home game in Los Angeles. So, uh, yes, the Patriots game is an early game at 10.05. The Saturday schedule is better, right? The one thirty and the 5.15 starts are better. Yeah. Eh. Or do you like the 10 and 140? Or what? Yeah, the 10 and 140 is pretty sweet because then your Sunday game gets over a little bit sooner. I, I do enjoy that part of it because y- you get it done and then it's, what, 4.30, 5 o'clock, yep. and then you you don't have to, like, rush everything at night. Like, I feel like with Sunday night football, it's awesome, but at the same time, I have a bunch of stuff I have to do to get ready for Monday morning, and so I'm kind of... I'm in between watching it and doing that stuff. I feel like with this, once it's over, then I just get all the things I need to get done, and then 
Yeah, I have my night. See, I'm the opposite way. I'm going to try to play golf in the morning. It's beautiful in the Rose City right now, so Ooh. why would I not do that? It's a pretty good but idea. I'd rather, have my, I'd rather have my Sunday morning free than my Sunday evening. I'd rather Ooh. sit around and watch football. Get all your stuff done early that you got to do. <sighs> but it is, uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of football. So everything kicks off with uh, the matchup between the Colts and the Chiefs. Like we've said, it's going to be a snow game. Uh, kicks off in uh, oh geez, just uh, just about three hours. This is the most touchdowns between two quarterbacks facing each other in the history of the NFL playoffs. Eighty nine. Pat Mahomes had fifty during the year. Andrew Luck had thirty nine. So this breaks a record set by Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford in two thousand eleven, and it was also. Well, Oh, my computer broke. That was probably a crappy game. <laughs> Do you think so? Like Lions Saints. Lions Saints back in 2011. Please and then... give me a reason to care about that game, please. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was Luck and uh, Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers in 2013. So with this game, I think one of the most important storylines is the Chiefs. The Chiefs and their inability, or is it? Well, I guess you could go historically because they are 0-6 in home playoff games since Joe Montana did it. You know how what their record is against the Colts? What? 0-4. 0-4. So this is kind of the moment of truth for the Chiefs. And, of course, the biggest, most changing moment of their season was when they had to kick Kareem Hunt off the team. Yeah. It was very, very noticeable that once Kareem Hunt left and Sean Ware started taking responsibility of ball-carrying duties. Spencer it, Ware. Spencer Ware, sorry. Um not to be confused with brother Sean Ware, oh, who coaches you. the Wizards. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's that's a that's a very good it's uh, <laughs> a very good uh, reference yeah, to yeah, this yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, you could noticeably see it because what what makes the Chiefs' offense so good is the fact that every single player on the field is a receiver, and Kareem Hunt really was a receiver. He could run really good routes. He could run a really sick wheel route, and a lot of times they would overload one side of the ball and have him motion out to run like a, a double-take wheel, and, and that was one of the most effective plays that they had. And so you kind of look at this game, and you see what the Colts did during the wild-card round against uh, the Texans and how they were able to effectively kind of make Deshaun Watson uh, just moot. He yeah. he sucked. He wasn't a factor at all. It wasn't until late in the game where he had to put the game on his back, the team on his back, and try to win it. Dude, he was throwing ducks at the end because that guy that guy was rushing almost the entire game and getting beat up. Well, we were saying this before the, the show, but Quentin Nelson <laughs> being your first pick, if you're the Colts, getting a left tackle, a guy that can go out there and play um, – Sorry, he plays left guard, but uh, a guy that can go out there and help protect your quarterback. Andrew Luck has been a quarterback that's been able to throw this team on his back and drag them, you know, if not for a deflated football, probably to the Super Bowl. Um, but <laughs> but uh, been able to drag this team to AFC Championship games, and uh, they've got a historic comeback against the Chiefs already on his resume. So now you've got a guy that, you know, last week against uh, Texans defense was clean. Right, I mean, yeah, that was an awful game. That, yeah, that's that's I think the big difference. Really, really awful. But like really bad, and it, and it almost makes you think that the Texans weren't ready, and no. that this is going to be a shock for the Colts. Because really, the entire season when I watched the Colts, there was never a game until last week where I was like, "Whoa, that team's surprising." Whoa, that team is a dark horse. Every game that they won was kind of just ho hum to me. And I understood that they were good, but at the same time, I just kind of, I, I wasn't 
really, really, really impressed. What's going to really help them in this is that this is kind of a matchup win for them, right? They, they, they're playing the right team at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. I get part of that, but I, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Cause you brought up the, the demons of the Kansas city playoffs. Uh, but you know, Andy Reed has his own, you know, bugaboos. I mean, as good as those Eagles teams that he had were as good as the chiefs teams he's had have been, I mean, there's a lot of questions thrown at this team all week about, all right, how are you going to deal with the past? And I realized that Pat Mahomes wasn't there. And, you know, uh, the the current players on the roster, this is a new, you know, whatever. It's Andy Reid, But man. it's still Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. It's, he... it's still Kansas City. I mean, you have yeah. to you have to fight against those. I mean, there's, there's ghosts that I think affect all of these teams, and you have to kind of break out of it, and you wonder if Pat Mahomes – is the guy to do that. And it'll, it'll be interesting how much the snow affects the way both of these teams want to play. And are we going to see two teams try to switch into a different gear or just go out and try to do what they've done all year in, you know, much more difficult conditions? Well, now, who does this, the weather benefit the most? And my answer to that is obviously the Chiefs because of the fact your defense is so putrid that anything that could slow the opposing offense down uh, that's a good sign. I mean, the fact that it's snowing, hey, maybe your secondary doesn't have to play as hard. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, your your pass rush is absolutely awful, which we saw last week with the Texans and the Colts. You actually need a really good pass rush. And by the way, even if you have a really good pass rush, like, say, Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt, yeah. it's still really not that great. Yeah, well, but if you if you have Andrew Luck and you can get outside of the pocket, too, because he's not afraid to run the ball and no. put his head down, you would think you would get more time in the snow. I realize it's going to be more difficult for wide receivers to get open, but if you can get outside yeah. of the pocket, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it should be an interesting game. You, you ever hate, played in the snow? I mean, we went and played backyard snow football all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But oh. no, no, I mean, I never I, – I didn't play big-time football anyway. I played high school – you know, varsity for a couple of years in an offense where we never actually threw the ball and I played wide receivers. So Dude, playing in the snow is awful. Actually, I would say, and if there well, are, you some, did play the ideal position for snow games, which was fullback. That's gotta be fun. If there are P ones out there that did play in the snow and play in the extreme heat, five, five, three, zero five is a better you today. Text line. Which one did you prefer? I would have played in the extreme heat rather than the yeah, snow. Yeah, but what's, a, what's the hottest te- game time temperature you ever played in? Game time temperature or on field temperature? On field temperature. 90, at game 98 time. 98 degrees. 98? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, and the difference is, is that once you get onto a field, especially turf, the humidity just goes yeah. up. Yeah. And it's awful. And you your energy is expended within like the first three minutes. The cold games, you don't, you're not getting as tired very quick, but once you get hit, it hurts the rest of the game. It just hurts. Like you get hit in the heat or just mild weather, it kind of hurts. But when then once you get your body moving, the blood's starting to pump. You, you kind of ignore it, and whatever. No, dude. Once you get hit in the cold, it's there for the next three hours. Yeah. And you have to deal with it. You might not be excited about the Cowboys Rams, but your dad is, and I will tell you why next. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep blowing your mind with football stats. So your late game today, your 515 kick, that will be on a network called Fox. They love their Cowboys. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, They really choose their NFC games. I I mean, I I, I get it that they choose them, but, like, they really. They just give them the Cowboys. 
Yeah. And it's like NBC and Notre Dame. Oh, they give us the Seahawks sometimes. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the local team angle. They don't ever choose the Seahawks unless they're playing against the Cowboys uh, if they have the option. Uh, here's the interesting thing about that. I mean, I kind of illustrated it earlier, outlined it earlier, laid it out earlier, mentioned it earlier, whatever you want to do. Nice. Uh, that this is kind of a tale of two seasons for Jared Goff and for Drew Brees at the end of the year. But here's the funny thing is if you look at Dak Prescott and Jared Goff after week 11, the third highest quarterback rating in the NFL was Jared Goff, 113.5. Dak Prescott had a 90.3 QBR, and he was ranked 23rd. If you go from week 12 through 17 and you took those same ratings, Dak Prescott has the fourth, fourth highest in the NFL at 105.9, and Jared Goff has the 25th worst at 74.8. So, Whoa. All right. Well, we don't have to watch the game then, right? It's not what I'm saying. Because I mean, I think that I think, the, but you look at it, you go, who who's going to show up? Sean McVay has been anointed as the, this boy genius and anybody that's ever touched him has just gotten an NFL head coaching job. Dude, he's got his own coaching tree already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. But I wouldn't be surprised if this game was decided by the running backs. I mean, Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott have been a bigger part of their teams as the quarterbacks. We just kind of always focus on that. Uh, I, I don't know that this may, means that Dak Prescott is the better quarterback. I don't know if it means that Jared Goff needs to figure something out going to this game. I, I just think that these offenses are so pivotal. The, the running backs are so pivotal to these offenses. I think this harkens back to a day when the, these two teams had one of the best rivalries in football. I mentioned that your dad loves this matchup. No two teams have met in the playoffs more than the Rams and the Cowboys. Did I, you know that? No, I didn't. Isn't that crazy? That is a little so, bit crazy. So here's, here's the thing uh, that is, is so shocking about that stat is that can you remember a single matchup between the Rams and Cowboys in your lifetime? Mm, do you mean just any matchup? Yeah, this is the ninth time they've played in the playoffs. Oh, you mean a playoff matchup? Yeah, no, yeah, this no. is the ninth time they played in the playoffs. No, mostly because the Rams have like not made the playoffs in the last decade well, until the, now. Yeah, and well, yeah, the year. last decade, but they also have a Super Bowl in the in yeah. the early two thousands, and, and they uh, they have met. But here's the thing: all of their matchups in the past were between 73 and 85. They met eight times. I mean, so essentially those were the same two teams. So talk to your dad. He remembers this matchup. It was a big deal. This is the first time in the modern era since 1985 that these, these two teams have met. And when they met back then, it was Eric Dickerson leading the Rams, and now you have Todd Gurley. I think it's going to be one of those games that's maybe a little bit more like that. Well, you make a good point about the uh, running backs deciding the game, but I take it in the opposite way, which is I think that Todd Gurley can decide the game, and it might decide it in the opposite favor, which is mm. that if Todd Gurley can can't get going early, which really is the key to the Rams offense. Not yeah. so much pace. Of course, pace does play a little bit, uh, you know, does play a little bit into their success, especially at the end of the first half. The Rams always love doing that. If they have a nice seven to 10 point lead in the first half, they will pick up the pace because they know that they want to keep you even more downtrodden as they head into the second half. But if you can stop Todd Gurley early on, I think the Cowboys have a real chance at this. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how Dak Prescott plays on the road. He is extremely good at home, but if you play on the road with Dak Prescott and you get him under some 
you know, some stressful situations. I know the Rams pass, ru- pass rush hasn't been great throughout the entire season, but you got to hope that in the playoffs they'll be able to pick well, it up. pass and rush you, has been a lot better than their run defense. It though. has been a lot better, but you also have to worry about this. Last year, when the Rams played the Falcons in the wild card round, and I know it was their first year in the playoffs and everything, but take a look at these two rosters. They're very, very similar. The one from 20, uh, 2018 to 2019. Very, very similar rosters. Same young rookie-ish head coach. You wonder if they'll fold under pressure. Their defense is a lot different, though. I mean, they brought in veterans. More they, veterans. They brought in veterans on the defensive side, and Dominican Sue and Akeem Talib. But what did the Falcons Peters. do last year? Remember that? Dude, they completely just went away from their game plan and just ran the ball yeah, well, all game. But that is the game plan for the Cowboys, so they yeah. don't have to go away from that. Ezekiel Elliott was the leading rusher in the NFL this year, and the Cowboys won the game against Seattle by running Dak Prescott in third and long situations. So I wonder if Jason Garrett learned enough to just be like, hey, let's go. We, this, if we're going to win these games, Dak, you get out there and do it with your legs and with your arm, and it becomes down to poise. And it's funny because when we talk about poise in the NFL, it's it's – it's amazing how often we overlook how important that feature is. Um, Tom Brady, when he came into the league, man, he barely threw the ball, right? He, he threw the ball like, what, 20 times a game, and they won two Super Bowls with him early, and then he got comfortable and got in there. And now you've got all of this you know, idea that the NFL is flash and it's offenses and it comes down to Dude, you're still playing bad weather games. It's going to be a 20-degree de- degree game between Phillip Rivers and Tom Brady tomorrow morning. Blech. No interest in that game whatsoever? Oh, Makes you want to no. barf? I just I don't care about that. I really don't. I, I'm, more, I'm more concerned about the NFC, and to be quite honest, I think the better storylines are on the NFC side. I really do. I don't think really anyone cares about the Chargers. And I would put at the end of that sentence, except for Chargers fans, but... I've never met one, a true Chargers fan, not some guy who is, you know, sitting in front of me right now who said, oh, yeah, once they moved to Los Angeles, I was a hey, fan. Well, no, but I mean, I always hated the San Diego Chargers, and I told you on this show that I, I'm I'm way more a fan of the Los Angeles Chargers, but I'm not going to claim to be a Chargers fan. You know that, but the the, the interesting story. You just did. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I've always been a Chargers fan or that I went out and bought Los Angeles gear. It's very tongue in cheek, but I do. I do. Man, I've always been a Rams fan for two years. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's my point. But I don't. I don't know. I think this game matters. the The early game tomorrow matters for legacy, right? It's it's Philip Rivers has been this guy that I think is a pretty divisive figure. Uh, in the NFL, you absolutely hate him, and I think there's people that kind of even begrudgingly are rooting for him because he's just done it for so long. But I think it would be great to see them knock off the Patriots, and if this actually is the demise of Tom Brady, the what people have hoped for and and uh, predicted for what is now? Is this how you really years. want to see Tom Brady? I I would want to see Tom Brady go down, and I it's awful to wish this upon somebody, but. You want him to go down with an injury? If he kind of got oh. hurt, if he got hurt, it would kind of be like, oh man, how's that? Uh, how's that That's... special workout of yours going, Tom? Wait, what? Those special exercises. The, he gets hit. He the gets pliability. Hit. He gets hit and uh, his knee snaps, and you blame it on his pliability. Dude, screw that guy. He said he doesn't <laughs> get sunburned because he drinks enough water. Like, shut up, Tom Brady. Shut up. Like, the fact that you have been propped up by Bill Je- Belichick for this many years, 
Give me a break, dude. Oh, dude, if you want to barf, read the Washington Post piece on uh, Tom Brady relating to his teammates because he's so much older than they are. He's 41. 30, team, 30 players on the, on the roster are closer in age to his 11-year-old son than they are to him. And it was such a puff piece on Tom Brady, how he's the first guy to introduce himself to all these players. <laughs> They're like, I know who you are, man. I watched you since I was nine. It's like, ugh. Isn't, no, yeah. wait, wasn't he next to Josh Gordon? What's that? Wasn't he next to Josh Gordon in the locker room? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Well, now we know why Josh Gordon was. Oh, shut up. I would leave, too, if I had to sit next to that guy. <laughs> Disingenuous. All right, you're more interested in the in the NFC game. Uh, do, you, do you give the Eagles a real shot at beating the Saints at home? The Saints have never lost a home playoff game in the Peyton uh, Breeze era in the Superdome. It's hard to say because I'm I'm a really huge fan of PTI and right after the after last week's game, they uh, Mike Wilbon said, "Okay, the Eagles are going to win it all." And I was kind of like, "What are you talking about?" But the more and more he said it, and the more and more I kind of started looking at highlights from that last game, the more and more I was like. Those a-holes are going to do it, aren't they? <laughs> they are. And it's not because they're so incredibly, so much better than whoever is across from them. Because really, for the most part, if you just go player to player, if you go matchup-wise, Saints are better easily. Yeah. They're just easily better. But If you combine time, all four of the running backs for the the Eagles that have carried the ball, they Yeah, they're not, not better than Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. But the, at the same time, the Eagles have this innate ability to kind of just make plays when they need to. You saw it in the Chicago game. You saw it in their final drive. You yeah, saw but, it on but, that but, fourth but down double, sidearm throw. Yeah, but a double doink field goal is what separates them from a first round and exit. And you uh, need some luck. Yeah. Sometimes you need some luck. But at the same time, this team, this team for some reason just makes plays when they have to. I I don't know, I don't know why, and I don't know how. Their defense is really great. But their offense just kind of putters. It goes downfield. They get kind of lucky. Coverages break sometimes, and they capitalize on and it. And you're still going to be mad if they end up playing the Chargers in the Super Bowl. If they Bowl. play the Chargers in the Super Bowl, that will be one of the worst <laughs> Super Bowl lead-ups. There's no excitement to that whatsoever. None, None. at all? I don't know. It's a Super Are Bowl. Are you serious? It's a Super Bowl. You the put Chargers any... versus the Eagles? Yeah. No. Ba- chance for a back-to-back Super Bowl winner. When was the last back-to-back Super Bowl winner? Almost the Seahawks. <laughs> that's true. Which I still hear from Hawks fans. Well, yeah, well, it's pretty apparent. Like I said, the the best thing that ever happened to the Seahawks was the uh, Falcons choking away the biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl. So we forgot. That about really did easily make it things does. go away. Yeah. It did make things go away. So, uh, all right, we will. We have a poll up at Center Saint 1080 on Twitter. What is your biggest worry for the home teams this weekend? We will get to your results on that. We'll do it right after. The news. I don't know how you're not pumped about the snow game. Yes, yeah, snow game. Snow game. We never came up with a better name than the divisional round. The nickel punch weekend just doesn't do it for me. Nickel punch sounds like a bad nickelback cover band. Do or die weekend didn't have any legs. Nobody sent any good suggestions. 55305. Divisional round is the worst name for the most exciting weekend in sports. Uh, I did find a good one, actually. Let's hear it. The Pepsi Yum Center NFL playoff round sponsored by the University of Phoenix or the big hard rugby days. Yeah, not 
quite doing it for that me. That doesn't really roll off the tongue. Even the World Cup has the knockout round, which has some intrigue to me. I mean, golf and tennis share the Grand Slam. I don't even care if you borrow something. But there's eight teams left in the NFL playoffs. We're setting up the championship weekend. Four of the teams have won to get here. They had to go through a group. Wild card weekend is a better name. Wow. Five five three zero five. I need something better than divisional round, and I'd like to christen it before the end of the show at eleven, so I can go out into the day and celebrate my weekend, my blank weekend. Need something on this playoff weekend. What was the biggest worry for home teams? That was our Twitter poll. Yeah, read it. Let's do it. What are the results? Eighteen percent. And by the way, uh, the well. I'll get into it. The top, uh, the top one. This is bare. This is this is the margins are thin here. It's razor thin. Well, yeah, but you're going to read the results. Well, eighteen okay. percent said Gurley's needs. Nineteen percent said Brady's age. Thirty-one percent said Mahomes inexperience, and barely thirty-two percent of people say the Saints should be worried about Foles' magic. You want your Foles' magic stat? Okay. So if Nick Foles wins this game, that elevates his. Career winning percentage, playoff winning percentage, to point or uh, 83.3%. Okay, so that would be his winning percentage. He's 833 all time in the playoffs. That would tie him for the best playoff winning percentage since the merger with guess who? Who? Trent Dilfer. Nick Foles wins the second Super Bowl. Hall of Fame, right? I mean, that's the that's the uh, requirement that we put for uh, Eli Manning, right? Are there any two-time Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that aren't in the Hall of Fame? I can't think of any. Yeah, I, mean, I think you have to put Nick Foles in the Hall of Fame. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> you do. What do you do with Carson Wentz? I mean, uh, what? Oh, you trade him? Yes, you trade. No, you you look. If you win <laughs> a second Super Bowl with Nick Foles, you look like a complete idiot getting rid of him. You just do. And by the way, you kind of are an idiot because of the fact that for some reason, Carson Wentz just isn't consistent. He's not healthy. Forget consistent. He isn't healthy. This year when he came back, he wasn't 100%. Nick Foles had a little bit of a slow start, so it it, pushed up the timeline for it. He had a slow start like any guy would, like any quarterback would. Well, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Yes. And, And they just didn't give him time. But Carson Wentz is their future. No, Carson Wentz is not their future, and I believe it to be the fact that he just gets hurt too much. Now, Carson Wentz could turn into somebody like Andrew Luck where you get enough serious injuries and you have to wait before you become great. And really, I feel like the verdict is still out on Andrew Luck because (laughs) the dude's only won this playoff game. He did make that magic run to the AFC title game against the Patriots, but at the same time, I, I really don't hold Andrew Luck in super high regard. And that's not because I think he sucks. I just think he's missed so many games. Well, here's the thing. If Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl here, or if he just gets there. Yes. What What is the game plan in regards to the future? The In the present, yeah. you have a quarterback that can take you to a Super Bowl back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Why would you plan for the future when the present seems to work? And if you can get – I've heard two first-round picks – plus an, an, an additional late-round pick for Carson Wentz? Are you kidding me? You have a quarterback that's good enough to get you there t- two years in a row, and you can add two first-round picks next year? 
to right. add to a team that has the ability to win a Super Bowl, why why play for the future if you can win a Super Bowl now? Why don't go to the Jaguars and say, hey, here's Carson Wentz. This solves one problem. Give me a first-round pick and Leonard Fournette. Do you want Leonard Fournette, or would you go, uh, hey, hey, Denver, here's Carson Wentz. That solves one of your problems. Give us Von Miller in a first-round pick. I don't think he could get that one. It was floated I, out there. This was floated out there by the media. I didn't make this one Yeah, up. but at the same time, Von Miller is too essential to Denver's culture. He, he's a cultural player. He's somebody who you can't. I get that. That would be very hard to remove. Leonard Fournette, I, I, mean, he de, I mean, who the hell does define Jaguars culture except for Blake Bortles? Yeah, but if, if you look around the league and you want to go and get one of those top players at any position and trade him for a franchise quarterback to a team that is without, I mean, I think you can get it. But, you know, it's, it's interesting this year because – Right now, the free agency market for quarterbacks is not going to be great. I mean, where's Flacco going to end up? Miami. Miami? Yeah. Yeah. I would, or Jacksonville? Yeah, Jacksonville's still kind of up in the air, and I think that they really would want to make a trade for somebody who's a bit splashier. And actually, Jacksonville's bad enough that they could draft a quarterback this year if they really wanted to. Yeah. Well, what and really, the slim, it's slim pickings in terms of the QB draft market this year, too, because Herbert's not going out. We still have to wait for Trevor Lawrence two more years, two or one more year. Oh, my God. Did you see the headline? Hmm. Trevor Lawrence uh, should sit out the next few years. Yeah, that was the whole clowny thing. You remember that? Well, I remember that, but that was a year. Yeah. But they're saying Trevor it's Lawrence because he'd be the number out. one pick right now just sit out for two years so he doesn't get hurt. So what, he'd just go to the IMG Academy? Practice I don't know. There, I, guess. Yeah, I have no idea what you do. It's just idiotic. Um, but, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, that's part of the reason that I want to see the Eagles make a little run here. I think it would be great. I don't, yeah. I mean, as, as great as Drew Brees has a Super Bowl, fine, whatever. Tom Brady's certainly got enough. You've got the Cowboys that, you know, they've got plenty of time with Dak Prescott. The Rams have plenty of time. I think I think the time is now for Nick Foles that would be the most intriguing NFC uh, representative for the Super Bowl. Here's another one. Uh, oh, yeah. Carson Wentz. For ODB straight up. No. no. Really? Yeah, no. Why? Because you just won a Super Bowl with the stable of receivers you have. I think Make you- him better. I mean, the really only thing you need uh, to uh, round everything out, you don't need more defense. You've drafted well and you have enough good young talent. I mean, that was the, that would be the only point of trading with the Jaguars, right? Is that you could go get picks and you could also get some really great defensive players from the deal. Probably. Yeah, I think I think pass rusher is as impactful a position as you as quarterback, uh, as close to a, a position. I and mean, you got Fletcher Cox, the guy's in his prime. I get that, but if you can rotate guys through, look how Clemson just won a national championship. They have wave after wave on the defensive line, defensive end positions where they can go and keep pressure on you the entire time. If you have a guy, like that was the thing about getting another defensive tackle in Los Angeles. I think that was a mistake in Dominican Sue when you could have found an edge rusher that can go and wreak havoc. You know, what's the old saying, uh, you know, a, a great defensive back takes out one player uh, in a in the passing tree and a great pass rusher takes out five? I, that that would be the only position that I would trade a quarterback of Wentz caliber, and you'd still need picks. I certainly wouldn't do wide receiver, but really, yeah, no, I I certainly would not. Certainly wouldn't. I did find it pretty just ridiculous the whole Broncos thing. Really, Von Miller though. I mean that guy. Nah, if, but if you listen, just, listen, you're not going to get it. You're not. Sure. You're just not. And I also find the Broncos themselves just ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair, too. They, they, they just, just they just hired a uh, dinosaur uh, defensive yeah. coordinator as their head coach. I, I mean, I don't really know. And what then what gonna... happened with Gary Kubiak? They had him, but then couldn't agree on the well, style of Well, because he still owns his rights or something. Yeah, but, well, 
they were going to hire him, so they didn't let other teams interview him. So they're yeah. going to have him as offensive coordinator, and then they had a disagreement, even though he was the head coach under John Elway. And they already knew what his offensive philosophy was, so they wanted him to change his offensive philosophy to take the position as OC, and then he missed out on a job with... I think they're just waiting for John Elway to go missing or something. Because yeah. that's the only thing that's really holding that team back. I, I mean, they have all the tools there, really. I, don't know. I mean, Lindsey and Freeman together at in their backfield, those dudes are freaking sick. The defense is amazing. I mean, Case Keenum is not great, but he should be competent enough to lead an offense with a great running game. Yeah. I mean, he should be. It just looked like the game plan was absolutely terrible. What? Is the matchup you're looking for, if you could only watch one game, what would it be? And what are you watching when the games are off? What to watch is the wildly popular news segment on The Sinner and the Saint. And it is next right here on 1080 The Fan. Did you see Northern Kentucky's inbound play? No, I was trying to find it. I was asking you what team it was. Uh, Northern Northern Kentucky. They basically ran an inbound play where... Every player was was on the inbounds line, and they looked like receivers in receiver stances. And the guy slaps the ball, and they run a route tree. That's fantastic. Like they actually they run like a, a China route combination. They get a bunch of seams, and then they have a guy come under. Yeah. And they passed it in, and then they had an outlet. It, it was ridiculous, and huh. they got down the court like extremely easily. Wow, they should have run the hook and ladder. That's the. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to run a route tree in basketball, I think that would be the one. The hook and ladder was always. We ran that in junior high. Uh, we ran that for a the dumbest thing. We did a pep assembly like before the first football game. Yeah. And we get out Dude, there. I love those pep assemblies. Yeah, well, they, what they decided to do is we were going to run a play to get the crowd pumped against no defense. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. Yep. Is this in the gym? Yes, we go into the gym, and you got the whole pep assembly, and coach is like, all right, we're going to run a play. We're in the hook and ladder in the gym in front of everybody. With, like, wait, wait, you were just phantom. You were pepper. running a play? You were <laughs> lined up. You didn't even put, like, the second string out to act as defense? No, we just lined up and just sat there, and we ran the hook and ladder, and I was I was uh, the wide receiver, so I caught, the, I caught the pass and pitched it back. I can't remember who was running under uh, – John Anderson, maybe, or John Prom. I can't remember who the hell, and I pitched it back to him. And Plenty like, more where that came from tonight. Looking ladder. You want more of that? Yeah. Come on out and watch. I can't remember if it was eighth. It must have been freshman football, so it was probably Bob Edwards, who was quite the uh, athlete, I guess, back in his day, but he used to, he used to uh, check us into the boards playing hockey and PE. Good guy. All right, boys, line up. We're doing the flea flicker next. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the and old- then I want to dive. <laughs> And then run a counter. If anybody was at Pacific. How does that get you pumped up? I, I feel like that's know. really that's that's really like un, that's unsettling. And I, I remember, feel like if they did that to yep. pump me up, I'd be in the audience there and I'd be like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Well, and it was. I just remember being like nervous for the thing because it's like all you can do is screw it up, right? It's scripted, so all you can like. And I'm the guy catching the initial pass, sure. so if, if I don't, well, catch, there's no one covering you. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, everybody knows what's going on, but the only way we really screwed up, like unless I guess we fumbled the snap or something stupid. But I'm the guy that everything hinges on. I have to catch it, yeah. so the, and then I have to lateral it back. So. Or if you get called for holding. But I, <laughs> I had a false start. I had yeah. a false start on the play, but other than that, it was good. But I caught it. I made the lateral, and we got a, a weak junior high ovation for running the old Oh, man. Ladder. 
if one of the opposing team's players was in the stands right now, we'd be screwed. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if you are planning any upgrades for the big game coming up, I suggest you go to Encore Audio Video. It is the best place if you're just going to upgrade your TV or you want to build a uh, state-of-the-art, fully automated custom home theater. Those are your guys. They're the experts, and they are the sponsors of our new wild feature, which we have decided how we're going to do the open for. And we do, awesome. but it's next week. It's, it's going to be awesome. Be ready for it next week. Uh, but uh, this is where we tell you what to watch. Will Darkens uh, inside these four great matchups in the divisional round. I'm sorry, the nickel punch round of the NFL playoffs. Thank you. What is the one thing you are watching for uh, in-game this weekend? In-game this yeah, weekend? Yeah, yeah. What's the matchup? What's the what's the intrigue? What does your bright football mind tell you is going to be the most intriguing matchup of the week? I think the most intriguing matchup of the week will really be Patrick Mahomes Ooh. against the snow <laughs> and the Colts, what I would call solid to good secondary. Now, Wait, Mahomes, are Colts wearing all white so they can sneak up on you in the... Ooh. No, right? they probably wear blue because... Or, no, road teams wear white. Oh, is it? Well, some do. Cowboys wear white. But I think uh, yeah, they they're the only the team that does home, yeah. but everybody else... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I want to see Patrick Mahomes against a competent secondary because it seems like the entire season he's been able to, I don't know, full the NFL. You know, even when he 50 throws... 50 touchdown passes. Even when he throws you know, one or two picks during a game, he always seems to have enough composure to come back late in games and just kind of write the team. The only game that I can think of where he completely shut down at the end was that Monday night thriller against the Rams. So really I want to see the matchup between Mahomes and uh, the Colts secondary and see if this guy's for real. If he does win today, he'll be the only rookie quarterback this season. Who's been able to win a home playoff game well, or a playoff game. Playoff game. Yeah. yeah. So, my matchup that I'm watching for is uh, the Cowboys run offense against the run defense of the Rams. And I'm curious because you've got the leading rusher in the NFL in Ezekiel Elliott, and you have a team in the Rams that has one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. But what I'm just weird. It is because, yeah. well, because you have these big defensive tackles, but they are pass rushing defense tackles. So you can outrun the, the run plays often. But what I'm really intrigued about is, is Jason Garrett willing to run multiple design runs with Dak Prescott. Are you going to go into passing situations and have your quarterback go, all right, if there's nothing there, just run the ball. How much of, of the offense will be on the ground for Dallas? And because if you can do that, you can control the clock. You keep Sean McVay's brilliant mind and Jared Goff's uh, a magical arm off the field. You keep uh, you yeah. keep Sean McVay's suspended brain within an android yes. away from the field. That's the way people talk about him, right? <laughs> Though he's this he's this is this offensive genius. But how do you stop great offense? Is you control the ball, right? So if you have what's his name, uh, Crane or Krog or the brain from uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja oh Turtles. Oh, my God. Dude, that's literally what I was just looking up. Yeah. Yeah, Krog. Krog. So pretty much that's what Sean McVay is. He's Sean McCrog. If you could stop Sean McCrog from having the ball and having opportunities, I think that's the way you do it. So if Dallas can get their run game going, I think that's the only way they win that game. And if you can turn it into a bit of a slugfest, is, is Dak Prescott uh, going to be able to have a repeat performance where he can make – big plays with his legs uh, and, you know, save the trouble of having to do with his arm. Did anybody else think it was weird that Krog uh, would control a robot from his abs? Yeah, that's, it seems like an odd place he to be. He was centered in his yep. belt. Yep. Well, he was too big for the head because it would have been too top-heavy because he's such a big brain. 
And they had those weird tentacles that came out. And but why wouldn't you? Because it's a robot anyway. Who cares if it's a head? Just put a metal head up there. It's fine. You don't have to put like like I, he put I, a he put a I, real yep, a yep. realistic face up there. But like, what's the point of that? Who cares? Nobody's fooled. Yeah, they can see that you're down in his stomach. What's the one game you're watching? <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't like. I know you're watching outside of sports. You're going back and you're rewatching yeah. the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. I'm I'm already caught up on that. What do you what What's the one game if you could only watch one game this weekend? One game? Yep. I mean, I have to go with Rams Cowboys. Rams Cowboys? Easily Rams Cowboys. I love that we're reversing this on it because I'm going snow game. I cannot wait, wait for this kickoff. Andrew Luck, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the comeback player of the year, and the uh, he would be rookie of the year, but the I think the most exciting story at quarterback has been Patrick Mahomes. Andrew Luck has. We didn't think he could throw this time last year. I just think the whole scenery oh. of the Rams Cowboys is yeah. awesome. You have the Cowboys who are building off momentum. They're quote unquote America's team. They have the most insufferable fans that are all <laughs> wanting to see them get to the NFC title game. And then you have a friggin' playoff game in the Coliseum. It's awesome. You hope it gets full up of a hundred thousand people. And there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton of Cowboys yes. fans there. Too. And what time is that kickoff? Uh, that is the late is game, one forty. One forty. Oh, tomorrow. that's one. All right, I'm getting them reversed. Yeah. Um. No. Wait. Right. No. It's at five fifteen. Oh, that's tonight's game. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. You're right, dude. You're gonna have the perfect, perfect backdrop. Yes. It's gonna be a it's, night game in Los Angeles. It's gonna be Angeles. that sun just coming down with the blushed out sky. It's gonna look like the Rose Bowl. It's gonna be sweet. Yeah. It's a it's a good scene. That's what I'm watching. All right, sounds good. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the snow game. I love it to kick it off. So today's going to be a great, great day of football. Um, what are you watching outside of sports this weekend? Um, we just talked about it. I'm going to go back and re- rewatch some uh, reruns of the Ninja Turtles. And uh, now I'm really kind of on a kick here with Krog, uh, the character from Ninja Turtles, the brain that puts himself into different types of robots. Krang. Um, yeah, I just like why did you put yourself in the stomach? It's really odd. <laughs> That's a really weird choice. Uh, so for me, I'm also going animated series. I have a friend that's been bugging me to watch season two of Big Mouth. So I watched the first episode of it, and Jack McBrayer makes an appearance as the voice of Pube Number One. Oh, <laughs> have you watched Big Mouth? No, I haven't. Oh, go season one. Is it was- Big Mouth. Big Mouth is, you know, Nick Kroll uh, from from The League. He made an animated series uh, about the uh, trials of puberty, and it is a bunch of animated characters, and it is grotesque uh, and fantastic. And uh, there's, there's, after season one, there's a handful of characters that I found a little bit annoying, but I watched episode one of season two, and it was hilarious. Hmm. I could, I I was dying laughing uh, when the pubes made their first appearance. And Jack McFrayer, the uh, the NBC page from Thirty Rock, yeah, voices it uh, fantastically. Okay, that could be funny. <laughs> yeah, so the whole thing, hormone monsters and the whole thing, uh, but uh, mostly it's going to be football. Should be a great weekend, nickel punch weekend. Everybody enjoy. We're done. Bye bye. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing.